Another edition of Pittsburgh Pop with Tim Benz and Rob Owen. Boy, a lot to talk about this week. It is a busy week. Certainly depth of topics to be had here today. Rob, getting set for the Oscars next weekend. And yep. There's a lot to get to between now and then. There's plenty of news surrounding the AT&T Sportsnet thing, which we've been talking about a little bit. That's key for local viewers who are fans of the Penguins and Pirates. We'll get to that. But one local note to start off with, Rob, and this was something that came across our frame of vision just moments before we started recording the podcast today. Um, KDKA is getting an afternoon talk show, basically Pittsburgh Today Live. It's kind of a spinoff of that hosted by Heather Abraham. Is she doing double duty? Will she be working in the morning and in the afternoon now? She will be working in the morning and the afternoon. And I think it is fair to call it a spinoff, although there is a significant difference. Um, somehow, okay, Pittsburgh Today Live, not a news department production, but this new afternoon show at three o'clock, replacing Dr. Phil uh, with Heather Abraham, is a news department production called Talk Pittsburgh. That's just an interesting little wrinkle in the whole thing but but yeah it's the oldest tv trick in the book you take how, how did they how did they spin off uh flow from alice you take a popular character on the main show take them out put them in their own show and so that is what they've done um you'll recall that it was within the past ooh, six or nine months that heather abraham stepped back from anchoring the morning newscast and i am sure that the plan all along was for her to do an afternoon talk show and they just had to figure out the time slot. And then when Dr. Phil announced he was closing up shop um, within the past couple of months, they were like, okay, perfect. We can slide you in here. And it has the benefit of being a local show that will have news, but they're not calling it a newscast. And it's not because it's going to have newsmaker interviews, but it will still be a lead in to their four o'clock news, which should help boost those numbers because let's face it, Pittsburgh Today Live wins its time slot in both um, uh, households and demographic ratings. And so it's it's the perfect colonization plan, the same way NBC colonized Thursdays with Law and Order shows, CBS colonized Tuesdays with FBI shows. Um, it's a win-win for everybody. They get more local inventory, which they have less of on the syndicated show. Plus, it's a local talent people like in the morning you're just moving that person to the afternoon i i think people will watch um it'll begin with a thing called three at three which are the three big news stories of the day but then they've already lined up a bunch of guests so it will have that talk element to it as well but it won't have let's hope the sponsored segments since it is a news department production and not a uh non-news department production like pittsburgh today live which does have sponsored segments I just am baffled at how these news departments, which are hanging by a thread budget wise, still manage to extend their news broadcast day earlier and earlier. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, that the overhead shouldn't be that much, right. but they get freaked out with spending one extra dime. You know, like, I mean, I, I've I've heard the complaints. I know what the conversations are like. We can't refund that extra tank of gas to Butler County. I mean, like, you know, stuff right. like that. They they worry about things like that. And yet here they are putting on a whole new news show. That's surprising to me. Well, it is. But I think one of the ways that they've done it is that it used to be that a producer produced one newscast a day. 
Now you have producers producing multiple hours of news every day. And that's why you get so many more reruns of stories because they don't have time to, you know, get something reproduce off it. Yeah, you know, exactly. The, the feed and, and make something uh, a new story. So, um, I mean, that's how they're doing it. They're just, everybody's having to do more work. Um, and that's how they manage to do more newscasts. All right, Rob, that's something to keep an eye on. He said, what does that start, by the way? Tell me again. Uh, Mar- Monday, March 20th, 3 o'clock. Monday, March 20th at 3. Okay, so we'll keep an eye out for that. And that's going to be on KDKA. Is on it KDKA be else? TV, yes. yes. Does it go like uh, to the CW or anything like that as well or no? Uh, not that I know of at this point. Um, I'm sure it will stream on their CBS News Pittsburgh streaming channel as well. Any word on where Pirates and Penguins games will be going anytime soon? <laughs> Will Heather, no. Ab- will Heather Abraham be doing those as well? <laughs> she might. She might. You know, uh, she can do it all. So, so add, add that to her plate. Um, no, what we do know is that, let's see, since we last talked, um, Comcast has said, uh, we, we don't want this mess. No, thank you. We're not interested in running regional sports networks. We do not want to run AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. So, uh, so, so Comcast is out as somebody to take it over. But... Um, as the AP reported, there have been some interesting hires going on at Major League Baseball, um, including someone from AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. There, there were three hires in the, um, let's see, in the local media department of Major League Baseball, including a vice president of local media technical operations. Johnson. Doug Johnson was hired as senior vice president and executive producer of local media. Johnson has been with AT&T Sports at Pittsburgh and will be responsible for MLB's locally produced games. So it seems like, and that those hires happened February 1st, well before this stuff with AT&T Sports not, Network not making its payments came out. So it seems like, you know, as I think Bob Nutting said in the trip story, um, they have been well aware of this problem for a while. So it seems like MLB was staffing up to do something so I think ultimately AT&T Sportsnet will continue, at least in the short term, under perhaps a different name um, and ownership structure. But it seems like the league, at least baseball and I presume NHL, um, are taking steps to, to try yeah. and make, shore the whole thing up. My thinking was that the that Major League Baseball might just have to eat it for a year and produce it themselves and figure out a way to put them on somewhere, you know, like right. UPN or the CW or PNT, the point. Yeah. That's, that's my network TV is their affiliation, which is reruns. Right. So they might be the outlet that benefits from it for at least a year, but major league baseball is going to have to produce probably the games at least to start for this season before something is figured out. And for the penguins, the same thing might happen for the first round of the playoffs, because uh, that's about when, you know, March turns into April and things start to disappear. So the last couple regular season games in the first round of the playoffs, if they get that far, but I look at the model that we just saw signed in New York. Now it's New York. So it's a mega deal. Right. But a smaller version thereof, which would be like, you know, did you hear about what happened in New York? I did uh, not. MSG basically put together a package where you can buy for like $399 per year. You get, I think it's the Mets, Knicks, Rangers, Islanders, Sabres, maybe the Nets in there too, if I didn't say the Nets. 
but it's like five or six professional teams um, all under the MSG umbrella, and you pay one flat fee and you get all of them. And is that streaming or is that on a broadcast or on a streaming streaming only? I'm pretty sure it's streaming only. I suspect in Pittsburgh, you're going to have to at least have a cable deal um, just because Pittsburgh uh, compared to New York is a much lower um, adoption of, of streaming market, but we'll see. I think if the pirates and penguins were to go to a stream only model, if you want to see people adopt stream, that's the way to do it. That'll be almost forcing them to do it. At some point, people got forced into getting cable, right? To be able to see Pirates and Penguins games. At some point, they got off of regular over-the-air TV. They did. They did. But Pittsburghers and their habits. All right, Rob, let's get to, uh, speaking of streaming, the first episode of the new season of The Mandalorian. I watched it. I know you did, too. What did you think of it? Uh, you know, I thought it started out with a, a great action sequence. Um the monster and, and the uh, baptism, yeah, the Mandalorian baptism, the Mandalorian baptism, the the fight with the monster there. I thought that was um, a great way to go. I'm actually trying to remember it because I watched the second episode more recently, and so that one's fresher in my head. But um, by and large, I thought it was it was fine. It was good to have Mando and and Grogu back. It's nice to see them as a team. I thought it was interesting in this first episode. Um, Mando for the first time, sort of teaching. Uh, Grogu how to fly the spaceship which will come in handy I will tell you in episode 2 this week Um, it was interesting to see Mando go back to see Bo-Katan and she's kind of you know in a bad place I thought that was an interesting development given um, their past uh, what we've seen with the two of them interacting in the past Um, it didn't blow me away but I I thought it was was fine enough What, what did you think of it? I'm just having a tough time getting emotionally reinvested into all of the new Star Wars spinoffs time and time again. Um, I liked it as a standalone the first time. I sort of got through the second season. I probably won't get through this one. You know, just creating bad guys that I have absolutely no attachment or history in knowing about uh, to fight every year. It's sort of like um, trying to think. We talked about this a little bit with Peaky Blinders, right? Like every new season for Peaky Blinders was just, right. who's the bad guys this who's time? the new adversary, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was sort of like that with um, Sons of Anarchy a little bit too. You know, like who do they turn into the bad guy this time around? And now it's these pirates who are on Carl Weathers' planet that's become the new shady side. I, I don't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, I, this boomtown I, planet that's going on. Right. I don't know how much we're going to see those guys again. I presume we will see them some, but um, I think Moff Gideon is still the primary big bad. He's back later this season at some point because um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito walked the red carpet. So clearly he'll be back at some point. That doctor guy who they wanted, the, the Dr. Mengele of the Star Wars universe who wanted to do experiments on Grogu, he's back at some point. So I, I think a lot of the big bads of the past will reemerge. But uh, it's interesting. You said to me that what you liked about the first season was the episodic nature and how it was kind of a mission of the week. And I miss that as well. I mean, I'm okay with an arc, but I really do enjoy when when Mandalorian in season one was like, okay, we've got a mission this week. Let's go get it. And they're sort of trying to do that this week in that, you know, in that first episode, um, uh, Mando starts a fetch quest like, oh, I need to get this robot part. So 
in episode two, we see him try and go get the robot part. And then he gets detoured from that. But but it's not quite as close-ended episodic as those episodes were in season one. And I miss that a little bit, too. I feel like this season, more even than the other two, we're going to have some, okay, Grogu, be cute moments to get through. He's got this new thing where he launches himself and does like a spin through the air into the cockpit of the the new uh, spaceship that they're, the Naboo, Naboo starfighter that they're in. Um, that seems to be the the recurring cute motif with uh, Grogu. Well, that, and, that and hugging the little puppets who are the uh, oh, yes. robot experts. Yeah, the Babu Frick-like characters. I don't know what they're called. They look like but... little fraggles. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> would you would you take away uh, on the topic of shows that I do like that are coming back? March twenty sixth, Succession, the final season oh, yes. starts. Uh, I saw the trailer. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, uh, what I think it's it's setting up nicely. Um, I think they're getting out at the right time. I don't know if I would have it in me for a fifth season. A fourth season feels about right. Let's see how they execute it. But I don't think I'd need a fifth. The fourth feels pretty good. I think they should probably pull the ripcord after this. Um, they can make it a pretty fat season though. I think, I think there's a lot you can chew on here. They could get through 10 or 12 good episodes. What do you think? Yeah. I'm not sure what their episode order is offhand. Um, I, I think you are probably right. Better to end it, leaving people wanting more than, than to overplay it. And yet at the same time, to me, four seems a little short. I feel like a good drama can go five or six. Beyond that, I agree. Forget it. That's too much. So if, if I have to choose between going too long and going too short, I guess I pick going too short. But well, they could do a Heather Abraham spinoff. <laughs> they could. I I would love if um if the Culkin character co-hosted that talk Pittsburgh with Heather Abraham and that I would watch at three and, o'clock and every she, afternoon. She just berates him, just berates him. It, it becomes like Jerry and, and Roman on the show. She's the new Jerry for him. I think that's yeah. There's go. parts of that relationship I don't think Katie Ka would feel comfortable airing. <laughs> Probably not, but boy, that would be fun to watch. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I I I love the trailer. I'm so excited to see the show, and particularly to see how they wrap it up and how the whole thing ends. Um, I will be sad that it's gone, but but I think it, you are probably right. Better 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 to leave them wanting more. Finally, there's another local person on Survivor. Is that right? Yes. Heidi from uh, Jefferson Hills is on Survivor this season. Um, she has been a I, I interviewed her last uh, before the show premiered. And she is, is, is that her entrance music? Every time you say her name, the wind chimes happen. Is <laughs> No, that's my uh, kid going off to school. Um, OK, that's the ring doorbell. I have to turn the phone off. Uh, I yeah, think it'd so be great, though, if every time Heidi was mentioned, we hear the wind chimes. I, I think we're on to something. That'll wish, keep her around for a while. I'll have to get the kids to go jump in front of the door at just the right time <laughs> in the future. Um, no, Heidi was great. She was a joy to interview. She clearly loves Survivor. She, she, she's just so effusive about it, not in a manufactured way at all. Very genuine person. Um, I think, you know, I have this weird... I've watched enough reality TV that I have this weird sixth sense that I can sort of tell when someone's in it for the long haul and when they're going to go out quickly. I can't explain to you why that is, but like we talked about the woman on Next Level Chef and I knew, watch, all I saw were clips of that one before it aired, but I knew from the clips and hearing her talk, she was going out first. I was convinced she was going out first and she did. 
Heidi on the new Survivor, I think she's in it for the long haul. I don't know if she's going to win or not, but I don't think she's going out anytime soon. Um, partly because she's just very smart about the game. She understands the game. I think she went into it with what she described to me as a strategy that I think is a smart Survivor strategy. Um, but also watching that first episode, they did not spend a lot of time with her. If she was going out sooner than later, they would have spent more time with her. She did not get an early exit edit, I would say. So I think Heidi will be in it for quite a bit of time. We'll see. So you're scouting reality show characters like people at the NFL Draft Combine this week are looking at college inbound NFL players. I, I suppose that I am. We all have our talents, right, Rob? <laughs> I'm not sure that's a talent, but maybe uh, a sixth sense. <laughs> what do we have coming up on TV Talk and TV Q&A? Okay, so um, TV, TV Talk this week, I, I mentioned before how Pittsburgh Today Live does well in the ratings. And, and I was particularly thinking about that because I just, uh, I, I just got the ratings for February Sweeps Month. And that is something that uh, I will have in this week's TV Talk column. Um, and then coming up in TV Q&A, uh, has a KDK anchor recently added a new newscast role? That is the, uh, the exciting question that we will answer there. All right. Stay with us. Breakfast with Ben's this week. Uh, we've got plenty coming up on the NCAA tournament and the conference tournaments that are taking place with Pitt and Duquesne, both with the chance to make significant runs, definitely better than we've seen in recent seasons, at least last season for both teams. So we'll watch that. The Penguins have a bunch of games as well. And uh, we'll talk plenty of NFL draft and free agency as that approaches too. This is the latest edition of Pittsburgh Pop with me, Tim Benz and Rob Owen. Check us out every Monday here at Trib Live.